Good morning, everyone. Good morning. My name is Jordan, and I'm the adult ministry pastor here at Seoul Sanctuary. And it is great to be with you this morning. Um, I hope that you all had a Merry Christmas and uh, just a good time with uh, family, friends, and, and people. And uh, now as we set our eyes on a new year, 2019, which I believe checks in in just a couple days here, uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning as we talk about the past and the present and the future. And so this morning, we're going to kick off a new series uh, entitled God in the Movies. Who's been here before when we've done God in the Movies? A lot of us have been here, right? Yeah, it's a great series. God in the Movies, for those who haven't been here before, is a series where each week we look at a different movie or film from Hollywood that really becomes an illustration for us of spiritual truths that line up with what we see in Scripture. And so we use the movie and the film to illustrate the points that we find throughout the pages of the text of the Bible. And so... Um, and we put the attention on just different areas of life, different themes as we go through and uh, allow God to, to speak to us and direct us in that. And so this morning, uh, we're going to get into the first life lesson of this series. But before we do that, let's talk about New Year's uh, just for a couple moments. How many people here make New Year's resolutions? Anyone? Is that still a thing? Do people like New Year's resolutions still? How many are really good at keeping them? Okay, the hands are less now, right? How many always seem to be done within like a week? Anyone? Okay, a month? Anyone go a month? All right. No, I know New Year's resolutions are an interesting thing because really at the heart of them, they're, they're, they're actually really good because we want to self-improve. We want to do better. We want to get better at different things in our lives. But at the same time, they get difficult to keep, don't they? And oftentimes we find opposition even in, in making New Year's resolutions. I remember when I was 18 years old, I made a New Year's resolution. I set the bar really low that I was going to quit quitting that year, right? Because uh, every year I tried to quit something and I couldn't do it. And so I, I decided when I was 18 I was going to quit quitting. And I, don't, I, I, think, I think I quit more things that year than I ever did in my life. I gave up smoking. I, I gave my life to Christ. I became a Christian. I, I left my job. I went to college. And so, you know, New Year's resolutions can be a tricky thing. But as I was thinking about it this past week, uh, about what I want to see in 2019, what the future holds in the upcoming year, I started looking at New Year's resolution lists online and uh, started to see what the top 10, what people were looking at for what they wanted to implement for 2019. And here's what I found. So here's the top 10 New Year's resolutions uh, that I found for 2019 that people seem to find really important. Number one, people want to improve their fitness. Um, it's, it's kind of a joke, right, that in January is a really busy time at gym time, but they always tell the regulars, hold on, February is coming, right? And so, uh, but improving your fitness is something that people really want to make a part of their 2019. Uh, secondly, to go along with it is to eat better, right? Gone are the fried fish and chips and welcome baked fish and broccoli, right? And uh, you just kind of want to improve your diet, improve your health, make sure that you're not eating as much junk in the new year. Uh, number three, uh, this one always makes the list, it seems, every year. Quit smoking is a big resolution that a lot of people want to make uh, to give up that habit. Number four, uh, quit drinking. Uh, give up drinking. Uh, turn the wine back into water, right? And uh, so some people kind of go that route, and they want to, uh, I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it out there, right? Uh, so that's, that, that's another New Year's resolution that people have. Number five, to learn something new. People want to get a new hobby, want to get, you know, something new that they can develop into their life, maybe a uh, a new practice, uh, if you will, that you could pick up in 2019. Uh, how many like learning? I'm a big learning, a, lear a learner. And so learning something new is important to people. Uh, number six, travel more. Uh, kind of go out and see the world. Uh, even if that is half hour up the highway, at least you're getting out and at least you're getting places. And so um, 
Travel more is a big uh, priority for New Year's resolutions. Number seven, and here's a plug for us at Seoul, volunteer, get involved, start serving. Uh, a lot of people for 2019 want to get more involved in what they do and begin to invest. And so at Soul Sanctuary, we have many ways in which you can do that. On our website, we have a place where you can join our team. We'd love to have you a part of it. Uh, number eight, to meet somebody. This one was interesting. And it, it's normally in the romantic way that it's put across. But if you just want to meet somebody, I think that's cool too. But uh, meet someone is a top uh, New Year's resolution this year. Uh, number nine, uh, sleep more. And we all said amen, right? Uh, to begin to, you know, start going to bed before midnight would be a great goal for me to hit. So I don't know about you. Maybe you're one of those eight o'clock people who looks at me like I'm nuts, and that's fine if you do. But uh, I, I, I definitely can get more sleep this year. And number 10, the last one that people want to really prioritize this year is to get out of debt, right? To start paying off those bills, to pay down those credit cards, and really just to improve your financial situation. Now, New Year's resolutions are often based around this idea of improving yourself, of making sure that going into a new year, there's going to be better habits, there's going to be new possibilities, there's going to be new things on the horizon. I think for a lot of people, they feel like a new year is a fresh start, or at least we sometimes treat it that way. Perhaps we get this idea that we get like a clean slate and then all of a sudden new possibilities are on the horizon for us and there's something exciting about that and there's something to look forward to. But, you know, really, I think each one of us can, can do well just to maybe take some time, even the next few days, and recap the past year, um, enjoy the moment, but also just to look to the future as well. And uh, this morning, I'm going to talk a little bit about resolutions and how we could add a few other components to that uh, this time around. But let me ask this question. What if we could change things that we have done and regretted? What if there was a way to go back and make different decisions from areas that we have made choices and perhaps we regret? I think for a lot of us, that'd be very desirable. There are things that we've done in our past. There's things that have kind of held us down. And I think a lot of us would want to go back. If we could just go back and change that and make a, a different choice, perhaps the outcome in the present would look a lot different. Now, the problem with that type of thinking is that that, is that, that type of thinking will surely cause frustration and disappointment. Because the answer isn't in changing the past. That's not possible. But it lies in what will we do in the present in order to shape the future. What can we do today? We can't go back there and change that. But what can we do now that can change tomorrow? You see, whether we're conscious of it or not, the decisions that we made yesterday really influence today. And the decisions that we make today and tomorrow will influence the future as well. And at this time of year, we look to 2019, a year that to many feels like a fresh start. And so I want us to ponder the future. I want us to ponder what this year ahead can look like for us. And so the movie we're looking at this morning is Back to the Future. Any fans in the room? I'm not going to lie to you this morning. Until two weeks ago, I had never seen this movie before, okay? Exactly. And that, you know, I, I knew that that was coming. I remember a few, a few weeks ago when Pastor Jerry gave me the idea to, to speak on this because I told him what I was feeling about the message for New Year's. Um, I mentioned in the video room that I hadn't seen this before, and I, I really thought I was going to get you know, stoned at that moment uh, for being born in the 80s and not seeing such a great film. But uh, you know what? Honestly, I loved watching this movie. It was fantastic. I got plans to watch two and three now over the New Year break here. And uh, it's a great movie. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Back to the Future today and just kind of illustrate from that movie into some truths um, that I think are applicable for us today. And so let me give you a little background. Back to the Future was released in 1985. Michael J. Fox played the part of a teenager named Marty McFly. 
And Christopher Lloyd starred as Dr. Emmett Brown, a strange scientist who was written off by many, who invented a time machine placed inside of a remodeled DeLorean car. And so that's basically the premise. The movie was produced by Steven Spielberg and won some Oscars for best effects, best sound editing. But even more so, the movie is remembered, and I think it's enjoyed more for its effect that it's had upon culture, our culture, and really our way of thinking um, to an extent. Because the movie's main idea is this, is that everything that we do affects the future. And I believe this is true. And I believe that that's, that, that that's something that we can believe and that we can look at and see that is true in our lives today. Just as what you may have done in the past has affected where you are now, so it's crucial to also understand that what we do today will have a great effect on tomorrow. And although freezing time and going back in time would be interesting and perhaps desirable to a lot of us in this room this morning, we must recognize that that's not necessarily possible, and so therefore it makes our present decisions and the things that we prioritize all the more important moving forward in our lives. Are you with me? And so this morning we're going to get into the first clip here, and uh, that kind of introduces uh, the movie. The first clip involves Marty McFly and uh, his high school principal, and we'll go from there. Nice, eh? I like that, eh? Good, good response. The first point this morning is discouragement, okay? Uh, anyone ever had someone criticize you before, right? I think, I think most of us have. If you haven't, if you can't even verbally nod to that, uh, talk to me after. You have a book in the making, a book deal ahead of you, okay? If you've never faced someone's criticism, because I think each one of us has faced criticism at some point in our life before, and each one of us has handled that differently. And how we handle that can really determine more about us than maybe perhaps we'd like to admit. Um, we all have experienced criticism, and we've all had naysayers, haters, those who tell us who we are and who we will be. And in that clip that we just watched, we see that happening. You see, it's amazing what feeling judged, condemned, or guilted can do to us. It can cripple our ability to live free because we are constantly reminded throughout life of what we didn't do right or how we messed things up or of the wrong choices that we made. And I think some of us can relate to this as we talk about this this morning. I think we all could. You see, in the clip that we just watched, we saw Marty being chewed out by his high school principal and being told he wouldn't amount to much and that his future was bleak. And even worse, this is being said to him by the same guy who was his father's teacher in school. And he makes the reference that you're going to turn out just like your dad. Now, I don't know about you, but I would find that probably a little bit of a discouraging moment. I, I probably wouldn't want that to necessarily happen to someone who's supposed to be, you know, someone who's supposed to probably speak a little bit nicer to me. Um, I, things were a little different in 85. They're different now, right? But uh, nonetheless, um, if Marty were to buy into this, uh, what, he, what he was told, hook, line, and sinker, then he'd likely have a tough time finding belief and confidence and the ability to be hopeful about better outcomes in the future, wouldn't he? But we see in his words, maybe from confidence and maybe even a little bit from fear of this actually happening to him, nonetheless, he imagines a better future and things for him are going to be better ahead. He even says, you know, history is going to change. And so dealing with discouragement, let me say this this morning, is tough and no more difficult is it than dealing with discouragement that results from our past. Um, I've known a lot of people who've dealt with a lot of heavy discouragement from their past and it really hinders them from moving forward and it's a place that we can end up living in. You see, dealing with discouragement is tough. Dealing with the, the past has this ability to hinder us and in some cases it even holds us up from accomplishing the dreams and aspirations that we have in our future. And for some of us, and I know I struggled with this growing up, believing that God is always upset with us 
for our mistakes or that we're just kind of barely getting by in our relationship with him, it hurts our ability to ever have a true relationship with him because it's tough to have a relationship with someone that you're scared of or that someone that you think is always disapproving of you or it's, or it's someone that you think is always going to criticize you or think the worst of you. At least, you know, if you have any kind of relationship with a person like that, it's not a healthy relationship, is it? And in our relationship with God, we need to recognize that that's not how God treats us. That's not how God looks at us. Despite what we've done in the past, despite where we've been, God has something better for us. You see, thankfully, the Apostle Paul understood this whole idea of feeling the weight of things, you know, of decisions and of one's past. In Galatians chapter 1, he says this, For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism. How I intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the tradition of my fathers. You see, the Apostle Paul, throughout his letters that he wrote to the church, he talked about past regrets and ways in which he persecuted the church and the message of God. And he had some things in his past. He had some skeletons, if you will, back there, right? That he really had to deal with or at least get past if he were to move forward. In 1 Corinthians 15, he says this. He says, for I'm the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And he's talking about a regret here. But I love what he says here. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. If anyone could relate to wrong choices and error in the past, it was the Apostle Paul. And yet, in his own words, his future was still bright because he'd encountered the grace of God. Can I just brag about the grace of God a little bit this morning? You see, the grace that changes everything and takes the worst of man and replaces it with the righteousness of God. The grace, that grace was available to him and it's also available to you and I this morning. And that's an amazing thing. That's something that I think we can get excited about today. That God's grace is available to us today. Anyone need to experience grace this morning? I got good news. It is available. It is available. Perhaps this is a word for someone today, that regardless of what you did and how you feel, I just want you to know that Jesus still extends his grace to you this morning. And that's an encouraging word, I think, for all of us today. You see, in 1 John 1, 9, we read this, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive our sins and will purify us from all unrighteousness. Some of us have things in our past that prevent us from moving forward. But what if, for some of us, it's just the opposite Awesome, I hear the bingo chant, okay? The kids are playing bingo this morning. I'm supposed to just keep preaching, so I'm going to keep rolling, okay? But good on you, whoever that was. You know, some of us have things in our past, things that we regret, you know, that kind of hold us there. But what if for some of us it's just the opposite? And we can look at our past fondly, and we can smile, and we can look at it with pride. And if that's the case, are we as well in danger of living in the past in a way that doesn't move us forward in God's kingdom? It, it, are, are we perhaps also not where we're supposed to be if we're living too much even on our good things in the past? You see, what about when your past is full of success and things that you're proud of and perhaps you began to live in? And, 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 and does that also make it tough for you to move forward? You see, uh, Jordan already read the scripture in Philippians chapter 3, and I'm going to read it again. But the Apostle Paul addresses this as well. He says, For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. 
If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuted the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Think about that, okay? Think about what the Apostle Paul is saying here. But wherever, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Next slide. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so the Apostle Paul, in his life as a Pharisee, had an amazing track record on the other side of things. You know, if he really, if anyone had the right to brag about things, it was him. He, he even went on to say a bunch of stuff that he did. He referred to himself as a Hebrew of Hebrews, as a Pharisee, and chose the way of zeal, defending his beliefs even to the point of shedding blood. That's essentially what he's saying there. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. He persecuted the, the church in his zeal for Judaism. And as for righteousness based on following the law, he said he was faultless. That's how closely he followed the law. That's how much he paid attention to it. That's how much effort he put into it. That's how much time he put into it. He would say that as far as doing that, he was faultless. As far as his culture and upbringing, his past was full of success and for things for him to be proud of and to likely treasure. And yet coming to know Jesus changed all of that for him. And what was once seen as greatness in his culture was now for him seen as regret. And, you know, past successes are now things that maybe perhaps he shouldn't have done, he starts to see. And for some of us, I think we can relate. For some of us, you know, it's even more difficult because of the past glories are still seen with glee and pride, and that's okay. But even if that's our situation today, we too must recognize that we cannot and simply should not put up a shelter and live there in the past as well. Because there is much left for us to do today. There is much left for us to do. There is much ahead for each one of us in this room. The Apostle Paul teaches us in his letter to the Philippians that it's important that we move ahead regardless of the past. Whether we see it as negative, whether we see it as positive, there are still things for us to do. We still press on. Your past mistakes, Paul says to let them go. Don't keep beating yourself up for mistakes or choices that you regret. Your past successes, let them go. The teaching is, is, is not to berate the things you've done. It's fine to be happy. It's fine to, be, to, to you know, take joy in those things. But the teaching is not trying to keep um, recreating something that happened in the past, but the teaching is to keep Moving forward, learn from your past, but don't live there, is what the Apostle Paul would say to us. Let's watch another clip that explains time travel. Would have loved to have shown more, but for the sake of language, I kept it short today, okay? But uh, it was interesting. That's the scene where he talks about developing uh, time travel and how to go back into the future. After explaining time travel, what eventually happens is they get attacked by a couple of people, and the doctor is shot, okay? 
And uh, Marty McFly, in order to get away from them, travels back into the past by jumping into the DeLorean and heading back to um, back in the past to, to, to go and see things before. And, and I think this is a fascinating concept for us, to be able to go back in time and change stuff. To recreate the present is something that I think some of us just wish was possible. Wouldn't that be neat to be able to go back and, you know, that thing that you did that you've always regretted, just be able to kind of change that and see what kind of outcome would come in the future because of it? But at the end of the day, it's a fun idea to watch on a screen or to speculate about in fiction, but it really just isn't reality for us. And we can't find ourselves living in a spot where we're failing to move forward because of things that we cannot change. You see, the path to finding peace with God isn't in somehow being able to atone or pay for all the things that you've done in the past, good or bad. But the path lies in knowing that his grace and love for you really is that good. That his love and grace for us really is that good today. That he accepts you just as you are. And he calls you to the table and to fellowship. And he calls you to follow him. And he walks with us. And despite what the past may hold, despite the things we've done, God will forgive us. God will, his grace will empower us. And we can serve him today. Amen? There's this old thought in church history that, you know, a lot of churches have kind of felt like, first we want people to behave and then we want them to believe. And then eventually when they do that, they'll eventually belong to the church. But, you know, at Soul Sanctuary, as we teach in Church 101 growth tracks, which are coming up in the end of January, just throwing that out there, um, we teach the exact opposite. We believe that Soul Sanctuary is a place where you belong first. And then hopefully we pray you come to believe. And as you believe, we trust the Holy Spirit to empower your behavior after that. And we begin to behave. I think, and I say all this because I think some of us get so weighed down by the past, and I'm not going to minimize or make light of the past that some of us have experienced and lived. I don't want to do that. I don't want to act like it's going to be easy to get, to, to get past it all. I don't, I'm not going to act like it's not going to be difficult. But the path lies in knowing that his grace and love really is that good. And, and, and the problem with trying to change the past is that it's done. It's the past. It cannot be changed. And I think that can become very frustrating for us when we try to wish that things were different. The good news is, is that the present is right before us today. And the future awaits, and we serve a God who is a redeemer. And so let me ask you a question when it comes to your past. Is your past an anchor, or is it an altar? I'll say it again. Is your past an anchor, or is it an altar? Is your past an anchor in your life? Is your past something that holds you down and prevents you from moving and from new movement? Or is your past something that you've offered unto God and allowed him to do his redeeming work in your life in the process? That is something that we all have to wrestle with and ask each other. In 1 Peter 5, 7, we read the words to cast all of our anxiety on him because he cares for us. And so there's this invitation in scripture that we can go to God and we can lay the things before him that, that are difficult. We can lay the things before him that make us anxious, and he cares for us, and he walks for us. But is your past an anchor, or is it an altar? You see, because here's the difference. An anchor will hold you in one place. An anchor is good if you go fishing, right? Or if you, you know, you're on a, a boat or some sorts, and you want to stay in one place, and you don't want to be drifting, and you don't want to move, and you want something to hold you. That, that's what an anchor is good for. And an anchor will keep you there, but in ancient times, here's what an altar was. In ancient times, they used to build an altar to offer sacrifices unto God and to give something unto God and to allow God to take that and use it in whatever way. And so the question I asked this morning is, do we ever allow our past to hold us there? 
Or are we using our past as material from which we also are creating a different future for ourselves and for others? Offering it to God and allowing him to move us forward. You know, no matter what your past holds, no matter whether it's all the mistakes, whether it's all the great things, maybe it's all the successes, maybe it's all the accolades, no matter what your past holds, this is true in Scripture. It is not worth holding on to if it means risking the future that God has planned for you still. And I think some of us get to a point sometimes where we figure, you know what, those were great days. You know, I used to do this great ministry stuff. I used to do awesome things for God. God used me in amazing ways back then. But what if in 2019, he has even better things ahead for you? And I believe he does. And that maybe the greatest ways he wants to use you still lie ahead and still lie in the future. You see, God can and will use our past, our past experiences, our past mistakes, our past victories. He can use them. But we must fully understand today that God's plan isn't for your past, but that God's plan is for your present. And God's plan is for your future. And this prevents us from saying things like, well, God, you know, I already did that. I already sacrificed. You know, I already had faith for that. I already tried that, and it didn't work out. I'd already been there. But God today still calls each one of us to follow him and still calls each one of us to serve him in new ways. And in that, we find the life that he has planned for us. Let's watch another clip as we look back at Back to the Future. <laughs> so in that clip, you saw uh, Marty go back in time, and he's looking at a situation where his dad is being bullied by a gentleman. Um, and it really, in this clip, it really shows how the choices that Marty's dad made in his past still influence his behavior and his whole situation in the present. What you didn't see was that earlier in the movie, we see this same gentleman, Biff, is bullying Marty's dad, even as an adult still. And uh, it really started with his dad allowing it to happen so many years ago. And so Marty's here in the past. He knows what has happened. He's trying to change this situation. But the interesting thing about this movie is, is that the more you change, the more it affects the outcome of the future. And that's not, and what we're going to learn throughout the movies, that's not always a good thing. And so with all this in mind, with knowing that what we do in the present and the implications it has for the future, we need to ask ourselves the question, what am I doing today to build a better future? For myself, for others, for those I love, and most importantly, most importantly, so that God can be lifted up and receive glory through my life. What am I doing today to build a better future? In Philippians chapter 2, the same book that we've been reading from, the Apostle Paul encourages believers to live like this. He says, therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my absence, but now much more in my, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you be can become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast in the day of Christ that I had not run or labor in vain. You see, every day you will have the choice between living in the past, staying in the present, or creating a future. And the great danger lies in that the easy path is to hold on to what you know, cling to what you have, and make the future just simply an extension of the past. Although you are grounded in the past, you must not be grounded by the past. And while tomorrow is coming regardless of what you do, the future comes precisely because of what you do. And the Apostle Paul encourages the believers to continue to live out your salvation with fear and trembling knowing that God works in you, knowing that God has plans for you, God has things for you to accomplish. Don't complain, don't grumble, 
but become pure children of God. And he encourages us that each one of us, even today, has decisions to make that will affect the future. Erwin McManus wrote a book years ago, uh, I think it's around 2006, called Chasing Daylight, uh, Seizing the Power of Every Moment. And in the book, he said this. He said, the most spiritual thing you will do today is to choose. And whether you realize it or not, every choice you make has an effect on your future. In fact, the choices you make are the material from which the future is made. If our best futures can be known only in the mind of God, then how critical is it that we hear his voice and heed his call? God is never calling us into the past. He is always calling us into the future. And I like that. And I like that quote. And I remember when he wrote that, he took a lot of heat for that by saying the most spiritual thing you're going to do today is to choose. But in a lot of ways, isn't that true? Each one of us has choices to make. Do we like to think about the future or are we content sometimes to remain in the past? You see, preservation is tempting to us as humans because there are things that we're proud of and there are places that are comfortable for us and there are things that we're in routine with and we just get used to doing. We like the good old days and so preservation can be a tempting thing to us. But when you boil it down, preservation is really just based in the fear of loss and the fear of losing something and letting something go or, 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 or letting it have its proper place in our lives. And if we're simply desiring the good old days, then we won't be ready to experience and work towards what God wants to do today in our lives and in the future. Not even just our futures I want to talk about this morning, but perhaps what we do today is just as important and more important for the future of somebody else for someone that we love, for someone that we care for, maybe even for our enemies, who knows? But the actions we make today are important for our future, but are also very important for the future of other people. Because the truth is, is just this, is that while the past may hold good or bad, God doesn't have a plan for your past, but he has a plan for your future. God's plan right now isn't for your past, but it's for your future. Now, don't get me wrong. God can redeem. God can use our past in a variety of ways, and they can play a role in things going forward. I'm not suggesting that at all, but his plan is not for our past. His plan is for our future and what we're going to do going forward and how we're going to use the present moment and what 2019 is going to look like can be a lot different than what 2018 looked like and what 2017 looked like. You see, and we need to understand this, I believe, as Christians, that we are to have a forward disposition. That the Bible doesn't call us to go backwards, but the Bible's always calling us to move forward into the things that God has for us. All the decisions we make aren't even simply about ourselves, and they're not even for us, but oftentimes they're for other people as well, and they have implications for others. In Colossians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul encourages us to, that whatever we do, to work at it with all of our heart as working for the Lord not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Whatever we do, whatever we put our hands to, there is an implication that we are serving Jesus in that moment. And that we are not just serving people, we are not just serving others, but that whatever we do, we need to work at it with all of our hearts because we are, in effect, serving Christ. In, in, in chapter 4, he says this. He says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. And I love this part. Make the most of every opportunity. How many opportunities are we going to get this week in, in which we, we can make an impact upon the life of someone else? How many opportunities lie ahead in 2019 in which God wants us to act in the present, which will affect the future for ourselves and for other people? You know, I love what he said to Moses when, in Exodus chapter 4 when Moses was uh, scared and trembling and didn't know what he was going to do. And God simply said to him, what's in your hand? 
What is in your hand? And he takes what's in Moses' hand and he uses it somehow in order to fulfill his purpose. And so the question I have for us is, where can we have influence today? How can you love someone this week? In 2019, what are some things that we can resolve to do that will not only affect our lives, but will also affect other people for the kingdom? You see, what if New Year's resolutions this year was just a little bit more than self-improvement? What if we brought God into the picture? And what if we talked about how we could also affect others in the picture? Andy Stanley, uh, a, a pastor, speaker who I admire very much, wrote this book years ago called The Principle of the Path. And the idea was how to get from where you are to where you want to be. And I, I, I go through this book every so often because I find it very important. But in this book, Andy talks about how um, we are all going somewhere, but are we on the right path to get to where we want to end up? The Principle of the Path, this book teaches us that everyone is on a path of sorts, but are we on the path leading to the proper destination? And are we even aware of it? Do we even think about it? Do we, do we just wander sometimes? Or are we on a path that's purposely taken us somewhere? You see, Andy says this. He says, direction, not intention, will determine your destination. We don't just drift into good directions, but we discipline and prioritize ourselves to get there. In the book, he says, the direction you are currently traveling, relationally, financially, spiritually, and the list goes on and on, will determine where you end up in each of those respective arenas. And so what path are we on right now? Where are we going in 2019? Where will we end up in each of these areas? Do we, do, we, do we think about that stuff? Do we ponder it? Do we look towards it? And I believe New Year's is a perfect time for us to sit back and begin to recognize and see which paths we are on and whether they're leading us to where we believe God wants us to be. Let's watch the final clip that I have for us this morning. <laughs> awesome. So the last scene uh, is, is, is kind of fascinating. Uh, you see McFly has gone through a lot as he's gone back to the past. And uh, going back into the past, his actions, you know, had potential to mess up the future. And so he spent all sorts of time trying to repair things that he kind of messed up in order to make sure that the present was going to look the same when he got back there. And that included making sure that his parents met, that they fell in love. He was trying to avoid his mom, who developed a crush on him. And yes, that was kind of creepy, uh, even watching it in 2018. There was a killer guitar solo in the whole mix that I think anyone who likes music would find fascinating. Um, there was a lot of stuff that happened, but he was trying to make the best decisions align so as not to affect the future or the present for him. All the way to trying to help his friend, the doctor, make sure that he wasn't going to be shot. And that's what he was trying to tell him in that scene. Um, the doctor wanted nothing to do with knowing the future because he felt it was dangerous. He wanted to live in the present, the, sorry, in the present, not the president, and uh, recognize the importance of our present decisions and how they play a role in our future. But it also furthers the point that what we do now really does play a big role on tomorrow. And as Christians whose future is in Christ, and that's something that we could take joy in today. That's something that we could, we could feel good about today. We must also make sure that we, we want to make the present count and what we do today matter. And so the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, at the end of his talk about his past and talking about how, you know, all these things he leaves behind, he counts them as lost. He says this, he says, not that I've already obtained everything or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And the Apostle Paul uses an analogy here from sports and from competition 
that the kind of commitment we need going forward is one that is aiming towards a goal and to win a prize and that we press on, not looking back all the time, but moving forward. William Barclay in his commentary on the book of Philippians sums it up like this. He says, in effect, Paul is saying that the Christian must forget all that he has done and remember only what he has still to do. And so my question for us this morning is, what are your next steps as you look into 2019? Remember, we started this talk talking about New Year's resolutions and talking about what's going to happen going forward this year. What are our next steps? Awesome, another bingo, I love that. Um, Here are a couple comforts for us as we move forward in 2019. Let me encourage you this morning. Um, Our future is secure in him. And we watch, watch a movie right now that talks about how we do, what we do affects so much in the future. But as Christians, we have this great hope in knowing that our future is secure in Jesus. We don't walk and try to live this life out for God alone, but he's with us. And also we have one another, amen? And that's a blessing for us as the church to have each other. And, 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 and Jesus is with us, strengthening us in all things. The Apostle Paul says it like this about the church. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And I believe that for every single one of us. But what we do today matters, and it is going to affect what we see in the future. And so we can trust God, and we can seek first his kingdom But the question isn't just what can we simply do to improve our lives or our standard of living this year. Not bad things, not bad things to focus on. We could focus on it a little bit, but maybe not the full point. Maybe what we need to ask ourselves this year is what can we do to love God more and to love other people more going into 2019? What can we do to work for the kingdom that we're called into in 2019? You see, there's some of us here that I believe for us, you know, our past really has become an anchor. And it really has kept us from moving forward into God's plan future. And I think it's really time for us to turn that into an altar and to offer it to God and to ask him to take it, all the good, all the bad, and use it for his glory and use it for his kingdom and use it to, to, to further his work in the world. Because, your past isn't an, because if your past isn't an altar, then you can't leave it behind and make that commitment to press on. And so is your past an altar? Is it something that we've offered up to God despite it all? all the good, all the bad, and ask them to take it and use it for his glory today, tomorrow, and forever into the future. You see, if anything owns you, then God can't have all of you. And I know God desires to have all of us. And there's some of us here who I think we just need to spend some time and we need to allow him to free us of things that we've carried for so long and allow him to move us into a future that he has planned for us. Because when the past drags us, it costs us our joy. It costs us our hope sometimes. It costs us our freedom. And we feel trapped by it. But today, I believe with all my heart that Jesus can set you free. That Jesus can set each one of us free. And that we can offer these things unto him and ask him to be our redeemer today. Amen? And so the question is, is what is God calling you to in 2019? What are your next steps as we head into a new year? How can we make decisions that not only improve our lives, but that also bring us closer to him, bring us closer to other people, and bring other people closer to him? And that become a benefit not just to us, but to the people around us as well. And so here's my prayer for us today. And here's how we're going to end off today as we talk about back to the future. What we do today really matters for tomorrow. And so my prayer is that over the next couple of days, as we ponder a new year, that we would find the place of prayer and that we would ask God how we can grow closer to him loving him and loving others in 2019? How can we make decisions going forward this year 
that will bring us closer to him. And in, in, in that way, he'll be given glory and others will come to know him. Amen? Let me pray for us today. Father, I just thank you for each person here today. I thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for each one of our lives. And I thank you, Lord God, just from the truths that we could take even from this movie, Lord, that what we do today matters so much and it has such a, an effect on what, what, we, what we do going forward. And I just pray, Lord, that you would speak to each one of our hearts and lives as we look past 2018 into 2019. I just pray for good things. I pray that you would lead us. I pray that you would guide us. I pray, Lord God, for a fruitful year for each one of us, Lord, and for our church community. And that, Lord, that 2019 will be a year, Lord God, where you are lifted up in many great ways through our lives and through our community. And so, God, we just thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness. We thank you for your love. And I just pray, Lord God, for each person here that they would be encouraged today. And, Lord, that we would just receive your grace afresh this morning. And we would recognize that we don't walk alone, but that you walk with us. And thank you for this community today that we're a part of. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone to stand, and I'm going to end off with a blessing this morning. Uh, the blessing is going to be taken right out of Romans chapter 15 and Philippians 1. And so in ancient times, the one who blessed did so by extending hands, and those who want to receive a blessing did likewise. And so if you'd like to receive a blessing this morning, please just extend your hands. And here it is. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Happy New Year to all of you. I'm saying it a little bit early. Have a great week. Celebrate. Have fun. And we will see you next Sunday. God bless. Have a great day.